0: Welcome to the 23rd episode of On The Grid, a podcast dedicated to the Valley of the Sun. It's a place where you can come to meet the creatives and newsmakers taking Phoenix to the next level. My name is Philip Haldeman, and I will be your host. So let's call this the meta episode. And by that, I mean we are featuring other podcasts who broadcast from this very valley and talk about what's happening here and beyond. Our idea behind this was to give a picture of the community of local podcasters here. And because, frankly, there's quite a few of them. And so our podcast, uh, this episode, will feature four podcasts. They are Limited Engagement, hosted by Jared Duran. Hooten Review, hosted by Jared Duran and Jenna Duncan. The Fix Podcast, hosted by Samantha Talavera and Erica Hales. And Starving Artist Phoenix, hosted by Tony Machete and they will be presented in that order. So let's jump in. We're going to start out with Jared and Jenna. Jared and Jenna, thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks Hi. for having us. Uh, so let's start with you, Jared, because um, you've been doing this for a while now, actually, you've limited engagement. Just kind of briefly describe what your show is all about. You've got had musicians and local artists and all kinds of stuff like that. So yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's an arts and culture conversation. I like to avoid the term interview because, <laughs> because you always have a I, g- guest on. Well, I do always have a guest on, but um, I also don't. There are a couple of things I don't do research outside of the person's work. If uh, I'll read or listen to whatever they they've got, or check out uh, the visual if it, if it's that. So um, you're basically
0: talking about their work, their their exactly. art. Exactly.
1: Well, and we talk about personal stuff too, but again, it's it's much more of a just. I don't. Come up with any questions beforehand. Um I, I tried a couple of times, and it just felt too stiff. Mm. So I just we just I hit record, and we start talking.
0: Yeah, pretty natural yeah. actually, and that's always a good thing because I've I do come up with questions sometimes, but I try and like 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 you said, I don't want to be too structured. So I kind of just try and like let it flow. So largely local. I know you've had some pretty big names on there. It but-
1: is yeah. It's it's I would say ninety five percent local though. Um Just reaching out to. Initially it started with other writers that I knew in the community. Why did you choose writers? Because that's what I do. Okay. So <laughs> right. That's who that's who that's who I knew. Um and felt comfortable asking initially. Because initially I, it's not anything like I'd never done anything like it before. Um but I started listening to podcasts because I, I started uh running in the mornings and needed something I music I tend to to concentrate on when I hear it and I needed something that I could sort of listen to but um have in the background too and so i started listening to wtf um my parents podcast Mm -hmm. and that was that and that was not long after i'd been out of college i I took some time about a decade off um (laughs) and and went back and and got um, a degree and noticed that a lot of the things that i wanted to you know talks and and people that i was interested in in, and hearing what they had to say about craft um, we're all centered on campus. And it didn't seem like general public had access to that. And then when I would go to see that sort of thing, it was like, you know, I didn't necessarily connect with what was being uh, talked about or asked. I wanted to know more about, you know, not not so much technical things as, okay, what in your life led you to this point and, and what you've right. created. Um, and so that's that's the impetus for the show is that I wanted to bring something like that in a conversational, accessible setting to a larger audience outside of academia. And it sounds like a lot of that included like the creative
0: process. And...
1: It does, because it is something that I'm interested in. But in, 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 in addition, you know, like, like what, what gets you there? You know, now that I've, that I've read this work of yours, what, you know, what in your life? Personally, exactly. possibly. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, what have you learned along the way? over the years that you've been doing this in terms Um, of podcasting
1: well that okay so there are a couple of things that I've learned about it Um, one you know I I tried doing a few different things you know I tried a, a structured approach that didn't seem to work so well for my voice I tried Trying to keep things down to a, a certain limit, concerned about people's uh, attention spans and then when things would go longer than that, I would cut it into two shows, but then that seemed fragmented, and people tend I found that people tended not to listen to that second part as much that really, if the conversation is interesting and flowing, that the attention will be held um, by whoever's interested in it so it's i I stopped worrying about that. I also found that it's difficult to get listeners especially with something local i think that phoenix generally is at a disadvantage for for finding an audience for for things like that because i i don't know exactly what it is you mean for podcasts yeah or... prior to doing my show i had not heard of of uh, anybody doing a show and when i researched then i would i, I found some some podcasts going but they didn't seem to be any sort of community um, or engine behind promoting them. Right. And that's, that's the, the biggest thing that seems to lack, I, you know, podcasts that well, are letting are the based, public know uh, even, I guess. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, how and this, who do you how target? Right? right.
0: Like, exactly. I mean, obviously you were going to, you would target the creative community, you know, sure. I would think like, I mean, kind of like with our podcast being Chris, like, like we're kind of specific in the sense that, okay. It's very, very, very phoenix centric,
1: and it, honestly, you just kind of have to keep doing it, right? Um, yeah, I started focusing on the quality of the sound as well too. Um, initially, I had no idea what I was doing. I have no technical training in audio engineering at all, right? Um, so I just kind of learned as I was doing it. Um, I, I failed kind of publicly for a while until until I found um, you know the right mics, the right setup of the mixer, and the the software that I was using and you know, and getting more proficient with the editing skills and all that, and just figuring out and learning things as it went. So, so that first, you know, those the first handful of shows is is pretty rough to go back right. and listen to I know but, yeah, about um, to. yeah they're up there warts and all i i <laughs> i value the time that people people gave me to um, to sit and talk so so they're up there for people to hear but as as far as technical proficiency goes the the last the last couple of of years now a year and a half at least have been smoother Yeah,
0: smooth yeah in terms of technical technical yeah mm-hmm. uh and now Jenna you um so that was um limited engagement arts and culture and Jenna, you um, you guys are together on sharing a podcast, um, Hoot & Review. So, mm-hmm. so let people know about your podcast sure. or both of your podcasts.
2: Well, Hoot & Review is Jared's idea, but okay. he invited me to be on it with him. And I was going to tell you, sir, <laughs> if you ever need production help, you can ask me because I have a lot of production background. Nice. And actually, I've always been really drawn to audio yeah. as a, a medium. Right. And when I was in college at U of A, I did student radio, and that was like my big thing. In fact, the only friends I totally that I've retained that. from college are those camp student radio people because, you know, they're into music. And
0: right, and so, so have, are you, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, like some people had a sports show or a talk show. Yeah. I didn't have a talk show because I am more of a writer and a little bit right, introverted right. in that yeah. way. But I had a music show, and then I was a music director, and I took audio production classes, and that's always been an interest of mine. Actually, a few years ago, I volunteered at Rock Camp for Girls in Portland, Oregon, Okay. and um, they were impressed because I can do things like mic setup, mm. and they were thinking, oh, we just thought you'd be like a volunteer mentor, nice. and I'm like, yeah, well, I can also set up amps and mics, no problem, and they're like, oh, you have the Got the
0: audiovisual girl door- yeah. here, yeah, totally.
2: Hidden skills or secret skills. Well, so. now
0: now talk about that in terms of the podcast. Um, so, um, do you edit it and I tighten it up and all that any stuff? Of the production. It's been no, all Jared. I, I, I oh, all of
1: that. Yeah. Um, not that I'm adverse to, to having Jenna do it. It's just
2: finding the time. I think between our work schedules. Yeah, yeah. It's And a the lot. gear is all at his place. Mm. It's his. Right, right, right. <laughs> but um, I think in one of the first. Talks we had Mm -hmm. together either at your place or at Lucy's. I don't remember. I think I suggested let's try to keep it around an hour.
1: Right. Yeah, because limited engagement just goes as long as the conversation goes. But, but since ours, I think I was concerned and I think you were too um, about things starting to sound too disjointed and and too rambly. So, um, and, and, and I, I know for sure that I can get rambly. We can both go off on tangents. Uh, Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the,
0: one of the fallout, the bad things about podcasts in some of the world, because I mean, like you said, keeping people engaged is really important. Yeah. And bringing them back. And if you're just going, like, you know, that's, it's one of those things that, you know, I try and be like, Self-conscious about at least, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know.
2: Well, I'm sure you know from experience as a reporter that sometimes you do have questions you yeah, need exactly. answered, and somebody wants to tell a long story. Right. You're Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I got to bring it right. back. Right. Yeah. Certainly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but not too much. I don't know. Just in my opinion, for podcasts, an hour seems like a pretty good. That's a package. good. And if yeah. it goes longer than that, I don't know. From what I've been reading up on podcasts, I don't know if the listeners want to hang out longer
1: than that. I think. Yeah. I mean i I have had um recently conversations go go a couple of hours, but there was no and that's edited down oh really it's, yeah it's it um, I had Doug Bale on and we just kept talking um, <laughs> and it was great it was a, cool, a, yeah. it was a lot of fun he's a really interesting guy, we went down some crazy psychedelic rabbit holes and now, who is uh, this Doug Bale um he's a local musician and oh. artist he he has a, a show going on at uh, Trans Am on uh, Grand Avenue. Tonight? Um, it started last night. Oh. He's got a mural in progress on this on the side there, oh, too. Wow. Yeah, it's on uh, Pug for Doug, uh, 15th <laughs> Avenue and, and Grand there um so
0: you guys got a little philosophical it sounds like I guess. we did yeah. yeah well
1: and we're both huge music nuts that's the right. thing anytime i'm talking to somebody who's who's as into music as i am mm-hmm. we just we go off for a while i think we went on a long rem tangent that i had to cut down <laughs> um that's great but yeah I, for our sense it's kind of tangent based we started out trying to be pretty structured and communicate to each other about what we wanted to talk about and then, and then I started to feel like that was starting to sound a little too stiff because it felt like we were trying to get really? the points we wanted to discuss. And this last one that we recorded, we just started talking mm-hmm. and I thought it's going to go up this weekend. Um, but I, I think it's the best one we've done so far. Okay. Nice. Yeah.
0: Um, well, so then pitch that a little bit. What's, what's the upcoming episode about for Hoot and Review? We
2: mm-hmm. talked music more this time. We the time before it was really all movies.
3: Yeah
1: um we talked a little movies this time but it was it started out because um and it's interesting i i do a little bit more work on writing the descriptions for our show than i do for mine um because <laughs> we hit so many different topics along the way yeah. um and part of the 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 goal of ours is to you know not only talk about things but also to you know give people jumping off points and recommendations and that sort of thing um and I had just recently heard that Neil Finn was going to be replacing Lindsay Buckingham and Fleetwood Mac, so that was heavy on Wait, my mind. Wait, Neil Finn this. was
0: which? Uh, Credit House. Oh, that's bright.
1: Wow. Yeah, Credit House and. That's so ends. weird, yeah, we
0: Lindsey Buckingham without the, the Fleetwood Mac. That's like, done just... before,
1: the right? And then you go, right. And that's exactly. Exactly. that's exactly how the conversation yeah. started. For the
2: first time, Jared brought his gear over to my place, um, and. I'm not a collector like you are. When I go over to Jared's, he's got all his books, you know, all his DVDs, everything. Sometimes that's a good starting point because mm-hmm. I've started totally a conversation yeah. Yeah. before, like, oh, you have such and such. And how's that? So maybe I'll try to, I tried intentionally to have things that we had referenced on hand. Like Some of the
1: things come through. Um, well, there's, I'm Trans- sure Trans- there's transmetropolitan, right, Trans- the exactly. Library. That came back through. Yeah. And...
2: And I don't know what else did I oh, this seven Psychopaths, because um, yeah. we got on a trip with Martin McDonough recently, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had, several times, yeah, oh, because yeah. three billboards, yeah, and then uh,
0: oh, yeah, I just saw that actually, yeah. he did or he McDonough. wrote yeah. Martin, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. directed Ooh. it and, and directed it oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. is the book good?
1: I well, mean, I the, don't know that it's based on a book. I think okay, he just wrote the script. Based based on
4: a on,
2: true story. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, Which made me think. I want to talk to you about the new Fargo next time we do our. Podcast. <laughs> I, <still laughs> just, I need to see that. I
1: haven't seen the new okay, Fargo. Yet. So, well, yeah, but thinking I, uh, about
2: Jenna, you didn't. We
0: didn't actually cover that a little bit. Let people know, kind of like, like if you could sum up the podcast. Oh sure. Yeah. Okay,
2: So hoot and review is loosely a review show so we are talking about i would almost say all things pop culture because mm-hmm. movies books and music but then like the last conversation we had i was asking jared if he drinks and i was thinking because i don't know i think drinking is part of pop culture yeah, and there have been too. times yeah. yeah food we've gone off on politics a little bit politics, and yeah. toys r us so anything that i guess could fall it's in that pretty big. much
0: anything pop, yeah. exactly yeah. pop
1: culture is a big umbrella huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so it just so it could be anything.
0: So it's hard to describe, I guess, it is kind to of pinpoint. Right, it's about
1: yeah. everything and nothing. It's not a show about nothing, but it's
2: kind of a show about nothing. It's kind of a little bit, yeah. yeah. If you're in the world and you're paying attention right. to stuff, exactly, <laughs> that stuff yeah. could come up on Hooten Review.
0: And the thing about pop culture is because you're not not everybody's going to know everything. Mm. Basically, right. you know? no. Exactly.
2: So this is how you can discover new things. Right. Means, I lot. know everything. Right. Well, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs>
1: far from even it. you, though. You I know. know, I have something to yes. bring to this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm the first to admit that I, my knowledge is lacking in many areas. Uh, yeah. the, well, I, I was like to say the last person, the last man that knew everything in the world was John
0: Milton. You know, mm, <laughs> sure. Because like, there's too much <laughs> how to how far know. Did that yeah. get on. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, exactly.
2: You know, human civilization was still young back it was pretty, then. pretty. So. Yeah.
0: Pop culture was very yeah. The infinitesimal. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah.
2: Exponentially larger.
0: Oh my times. god. Yeah.
2: But, yeah, that's. Uh, I was telling one of my friends about this podcast, and I was explaining it like when you have a new friendship and you're kind of discovering the other person and what they're into. So at, you know that stage, it is a lot
1: like that because uh, like we've known. Each other or known of each other for years as writers, now. Yeah, um, and really that sort, sort of exactly, and so that. Unlimited engagement was kind of the first time we actually talked and then now it feels yeah It's like a podcast of, of people getting to know each other Yeah,
0: so. I think that's one of the things I do like about podcasts a lot um, is that intimacy that can happen You mean like you can bond over like an hour of a conversation, you know,
1: yes much and, easier than in real life
0: Yeah, well, and I think it's harder to have a conversation in real life These yes. like especially a one-hour conversation, yeah. you know, like it just doesn't happen that much You, yeah, you know? want
1: to talk with problems with the tension span right yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly
2: yeah, my uh. husband was teasing me because I was getting ready to go over to Jared's a few weeks ago and he was like, really, you're going to record another one? Haven't you guys run out of things to talk <laughs> about? And I'm like, no, we haven't. And I don't think we ever will because sometimes I leave his place and I still think of other connections or tangents or, oh, I wish I would have brought up that book or, you know, there's always going to be something Something else. you'll forget
0: or whatever. Hollywood yeah. will produce
2: new movies. Right. Like my favorite authors will put out a new book. The train so. keeps moving, you
0: know? Exactly, right. Um, what would you guys say, uh, so Jenna, like, and this is to both of you, but first Jenna, like, what do you, what would you like people to get out of the podcast? Yours, the heap for you.
2: I hope we have more of an exchange, because so far we haven't gotten many, like, comments. Yeah, I'd feedback like would hear, be nice. Something like,
1: where we can talk to the audience. You were saying there is yeah. that challenge of mm, finding really the
2: listeners, how do you yeah. reach the listeners. But I kind of think this whole podcast culture is like a web, mm-hmm. in the same way that YouTube's kind of like a web you can click on one thing and then it's going to auto play the next thing. So as long as people are using iTunes or SoundCloud and discovering other podcasts, I mean, I didn't even realize there's so many in the valley oh, yeah. until he invited me to do limited engagement, and I started looking around. Chris said he just heard of ours on Twitter. Okay, so then and you had recently interviewed Amy Young and Ashley. No, too. Like,
0: oh wow! See, I'm
2: like all these people on podcasts. I had no idea. So it's sort of like
0: snowballing everybody does have a podcast i feel like you know like um
1: it's the one area where it seems like there's room for infinite growth there may not be an infinite audience but if you if you can talk compellingly about anything for a length of time you you can find somebody who's interested in 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 listening to it right
0: yeah and then you don't know where it could come from like you find a couple of listeners or whatever that are really into it and then they share it with like minded right. people, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden you've got to jump. Yeah. So it's like, exactly. and again, it might not happen for a year or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, after recording, after yeah. doing it or whatever.
1: Well, and you, you get the, the with limited engagement. The um, I, I didn't, you know, I was seeing the audience grow, but until phoenix uh new times right put it in there um as best cultural podcast then i I think i think that's where i heard about it actually oh cool yeah yeah that's well and that's the thing is once the right person hears it exactly champions it then you start to get Mm -hmm. people paying and there's a
0: retweet you know boom and all of a sudden
1: like exactly
0: so what was what's something
1: that you would like people to get out of limited engagement The, the the idea um of talking to creatives and which is by the way is a word that I, I dislike actually but it it's since it's entered the vernacular so for life i'm using can't escape it. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah um but but people who create things and and manage to do it um with some success is to sort of be there as a source of wisdom to other people looking to start things up and whether that is for writers or musicians or other people you know starting a podcast you know how did you how you find you listen to how somebody did their thing, and you can pull something from that, and whatever works for you, it's just at least an impetus or a way to sort of launch your own thing. Whenever you you know whenever you're feeling like you keep running into a wall, or you're not sure how to get started. I find hearing how somebody else found their niche or their way towards success is is uh, is hugely, uh, I, I guess, inspirational for lack of a better word. So totally, it yeah. is. Yeah.
0: Okay. Anything, um, lastly, anything else that, anything else, last minute thoughts or,
1: okay. No, I mean, honestly, this is really cool. I like what, what this, um, this show is doing as far as, um, it seems like, and actually I'll mention Tony since he's in the room, but, um, the like the the um, just as simple as having like a Google Doc together with with um, local podcasts. I think having some sort of community and way to show that there is this sort of you know building of a of a scene. I think if there is some sort of centralized um, and not not that I, I like centralization necessarily, but <laughs> but you know if somebody sees this is sort of the idea with what I'm doing with Hootenwaddle, which is to have a sort of pod cast cooperative where it's just a landing page for people to find a show that they're interested in. And by having a concentration of it, um, I think that other shows will get uh, an audience residual in addition to their their primary audience. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that was a I goal like... of yours. Yeah, that. we've got three shows up right now, mine and then the one we're doing. And then uh, Hoot Waddle? Hoot no? & Waddle. So my partner, Janelle, and I started this company with no idea what we were going to do with it. Um, and then at that point, when I started to do research and not really finding any sort of uh, podcast hub for Phoenix, she came up with the idea actually of, of having Hoot & Waddle be that, which I promptly then forgot. And then uh, in the shower one day, I was like, I have an idea. Let's use Hoot & Waddle for the podcast hub. And She's like, you know, I came up with that idea and told you that weeks ago. <laughs> ah, that's where I heard it. Um, but anyway, to have sort of a portal... Um, where other people who are producing their shows um, or people looking for a producer it, it depends so it's it's a it's it's a co-op that kind of does whatever you want to you know, however much work a combination of what you want to put in and what you would want to uh, to pay for really how much do you want to do yourself and how much do you want somebody else to do you know do you have a podcast that you record and produce and have a website for and you really just want like a little um, image portal for somebody to be able to click and link to your stuff or do you want somebody to do the recording and the production and provide the mm-hmm. website for you that sort of thing in which case that's something that we're set up to do and this and is local eventually. obviously yeah right exactly yeah. so then how, 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 how right. let people know how they can learn more about that so it's hootenwaddle.com that's h-o-o-t the letter n and wattle, uh, <laughs> waddle w-a-d-d-l-e Dot com. Here he has um, a master
2: plan. I thought we were just doing the review show for fun. It's, it's, well, you know, if I can
1: have fun while having a master plan, then, you know. Um, it, it Both provides, are good, uh, yes. Exactly. Yeah. More more fuel for cackling in the in the back. Yeah. But, yeah, so com and we've got the three shows up there right now, um, links to all of that, and then we're actually doing publishing um, as well. We have our our first book coming out that we're – Publishing with our name on it. We've got a few that we're taking over from Four Chambers, which is on hiatus right now. But um, the first one that we contracted in our publishing is by Kristenowski, called Dog's Ear, and that's coming out in September. Um, and so it's going to be a podcast, you know, basically digital media and a publishing company just based here in Phoenix. Dang! Yeah.
0: Many tentacles, huh? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you guys. It's great having you. Yeah, thanks that's for having nice. us. Yeah, Sam and Erica, thanks for being on the show.
5: Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us.
0: So, the Fix podcast—that's PHX. You guys cover a lot of ground in the podcast, but how would you describe it to somebody who you you would like to listen, have them listen to?
6: Uh, we're just two women of color trying to navigate living in Phoenix as it's changing rapidly and trying to find our voices in a city that. It has kind of been dull for the last, you know, 20, 30 years and all of a sudden it's popping. So we're trying to figure out how can we ball on a budget and find, you know, what's going on in the city that appeals to us. Mm -hmm. Sam, that's.
5: Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, it's Phoenix is an interesting place. There's always events, but people just don't show up. And lately, and I would say in the last like two years, maybe, it seems like people are starting to Hmm. show up. And there's different concert venues that are around, and they're booking different talent um, that's geared towards millennials and 30 somethings. So, um, we also found that Phoenix can be very white. And so, we wanted to find a place for us and people like us to go out and explore and not feel like they don't have a seat at the table. So,
0: okay, L- there's a lot going on there. Um, <laughs> there is. And that's a good, that's a beautiful thing. But just to get a little context, maybe background. Sounds like you guys have lived here for a while. So were you born here? Did you grow up here? That sort of stuff?
5: Yeah, I moved here when I was 10. So I basically tell everyone I'm from here. I moved here when I was six. So mm. I'm essentially wow. a native. Mm-hmm. Okay, what,
0: what high schools did you go to then? Uh, uh, go,
5: go,
6: go ahead. I went, <laughs> I went to Millennium okay. in Goodyear. I went to Borgade Catholic.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's what On the Grid is all about. I mean, it's about... Focusing on Phoenix, really hyper local stuff, like and how it's gotten better. Like you mm. said, it's gotten better in the last few years. What do you point to its improvement? Can you try and put a pinpoint on that, or, or is it more vague?
5: What do we see as improvements,
0: or why has it improved? And yes, that includes mm. that includes improvements. Yeah.
5: I think that, at least from my perspective, times are changing and people in their 30s, is, it's a lot more diverse, I think. And we are adults and we have money and we're starting to go out. We have jobs we can afford to do things now and we're demanding new things and innovative things. We're just, we don't want to go to Crescent Ballroom a million times. It's a great place, but we want diversity and we want innovation. And I think that people are listening to that because Every day there's a new restaurant, a new bar, a new place to hang out, popping up. And I think they're listening to the people who have the money now and who are actually going out to spend it. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. don't have families. We don't have homes. We want to go out and <laughs> spend our money elsewhere. We don't have
6: families. <laughs>
5: <laughs> we don't have babies. How about that? <laughs> I don't know why I
0: <laughs> Would you agree?
6: Um, I also think that Phoenix is just like 1A to LA. Like LA is right next door. Vegas is right above us if you want to say that so we're affordable it's an affordable place there's Mm -hmm. a lot of migration happening here i think like asu and u of a are both pretty popular colleges so people are sticking around after school um i just think it's affordable to live here in that for now at least like the window is closing (laughs) i do think the window is closing but right now like i've met so many people that are not from arizona in the last year from all over the country. It's like, why did you come here? But they're just like, oh, yeah, I found a job here. Or this was a new place to come. Or like the weather mm-hmm. seemed nice and it's affordable. Like all these different reasons. And that's improving the diversity because there's even more just like transplantation going on here.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and it obviously sounds like you guys see it as becoming cooler, more things to do. Mm-hmm. Like what are some of those things that pop out at you and saying, oh, wow, you know, like Phoenix, Phoenix has always had pretty good music, but not to the breadth that it does today. Mm -hmm. Like, what are some things that, like, that makes you feel like, oh, wow, we're, like, living in a freaking like, modern city with all these great things. Right, right? (laughs) Right.
6: I'm not embarrassed to say we live in Phoenix anymore, and that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah,
5: it is. For me, I mean... Who is not a foodie these days? I know. (laughs) But I really, I know I hate the term, but I actually really love that. Like it's something that I've loved for a really long time. Living in San Francisco, living in Vegas, I was able to eat some really fucking good food. And so um, I'm really excited to see that. Food is definitely
0: one of those big things. It's huge. There's
5: um, big name chefs coming out here. Um, because it's affordable to live here there's a lot of ground that they that is untapped and untouched and so they're seeing a potential to create something here so um i mean mora like that's a really big one um, pizzeria bianco is huge so all of those big name places yep. but they are elevating the food scene so people have to step up and it's not the same run-of-the-mill stuff and chain restaurants anymore it's really good and if you are not good you're going to get up, run out really fast oh it's
0: com- competitive
5: yes time, yeah so yeah there have been actually a lot lot of um, restaurants that have
6: closed just ones that we've been to within the last six months and we we're like oh we should go back yeah they closed last
0: month yeah like
6: it's just well, no i think you guys Street talked about it like on, a, i
0: live like right behind laura basically mm-hmm. so we i think you talked about on one of your podcasts about um joe's midnight oh yeah whatever. joe's
6: midnight run is closing i can't believe that closed yeah. yeah we went there in december for a friend's yeah. uh, birthday right. brunch and it was so good it was our first time going yeah really we did a whole it, yeah. review on it yeah, and yeah. loved it And then the other day, Sam's like, oh, I'm at Camp Social and Joe's is closed. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I saw they posted something like on Facebook kind of announcing like, hey, unfortunately, we have to close. But Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it because their food was so good. good. Yeah. Yeah. They had an incredible venue. They had everything. I don't, I don't. The
0: music. Yeah, totally. I don't know what went
6: wrong because that place was dope. Mm -hmm. And the food was bomb.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you can't complain when you've got so many options, I guess. But it is sad to see see like something good like that go mm-hmm. which is interesting you
5: know? too because there are so many like big restaurant conglomerates out here that, that there's like two really big companies that own the major restaurants yeah so i mean that's a little bit interesting so they're kind of competing against themselves but i i'm not mad
0: right <laughs> like, it's yeah. good food uh so how did you guys decide to do a podcast together like where did that come from
5: I think it was just hanging out together. Um, I mean, we're friends in real life. We have the same friend group, so we do things together all the time. And I like we just, how you friends in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. IRL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See? And, uh, and uh, I don't know. It's just. I mean, we have a really good dynamic just in general. And people would always tell us that we need to do something together, just because I don't know. We're very similar, um, and I think we bring out good things in each other. So.
6: Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of the same interests. And I actually used to have a podcast with some of my friends. Um, We didn't do it seriously at all. It was just kind of like, hey, it's Friday night. I have one of these. Things that can, you know, like <laughs> <have> a recorder, <laughs> it was like, yeah, like a GP one. recorder yeah. that wasn't like, you know, we didn't have our own mics set yeah. up, but we would just get together and talk shit like, oh, let's watch Love and Hip Hop Atlanta and then control, you know, have like a little cute talk back to each other about like how we hated this outfit or the, how contrived the show is and whatever, just because Like Sam said, we have the same friends, so like that's the kind of stuff that we would like to do is just like get together and chill. And we're like, We're funny, we should record ourselves. Like, doesn't every group of friends think that they're awesome and should record (laughs) they either should have a reality show or a podcast. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we did that for fun and then of course like my friends I I kind of kick it with a lot of like creatives, if you wanna say, like a lot of friends that are into film and photo and movies and writing and all of that. So they had other things going on and we just kind of let it go by the wayside since it wasn't something super serious. But I always told myself, I kind of want to get back into podcasting because it was something I felt like I was decent at and it was a good creative outlet for me. And Sam just kind of seemed down for the cause. And so yeah. then we just were like, well, let's see. Let's see if we can find a microphone. How much is this going to cost? And yeah. then we just start, you know, slowly, step by step. It's
5: actually okay, not that expensive, that. And it's you know? Not, oh, my gosh, it's, it's not. It's really not yeah. like
6: you do not have to be a baller to mm-hmm. have a podcast. Mm-hmm. If you can budget, a you know, like – Hundred dollars for your sound it's just to the be the most and then like that initial investment for your microphones and a place to record, a consistent and quiet place to record. Maybe we
5: shouldn't tell people this because then we're gonna <laughs> invite more people. Can into you this. cut this part out? <laughs> less competition. It costs four million dollars yeah. to make a podcast.
0: I actually ball hard. That's how <laughs> um, I can afford. It. <laughs> did you guys? Speaking of which, so how long have you been doing it now? Roughly about uh, a year. Yeah, a, year. Okay. a little bit less than a year. Have you? Have you? On a technical level for the technical podcaster out there, like what have you learned from the first episode to the last episode you did did, in terms of like production value and that sort of stuff?
5: Production value. Um, I know that for a fact. We went into this not wanting to do it half-assed, no matter how long it took us to start. And we talked about it for a good seven to eight months before we actually recorded because we wanted to have the right sound. We didn't want to sound like we were like speaking out of a toilet bowl. Like mm-hmm. we wanted to sound professional. We had a friend, um, a friend of mine from like eighth grade. Who um, does music on the side, and he agreed to give us some beats for it. And so we just did every little piece, and we decided what we wanted to do to make this right. And um, so I think it's just take the time you need to make sure that you're putting out something that you're proud of and that you want to share with people, because then what's the point? That's how I feel. Unless once
6: you put it out there, it's out there. Like Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, maybe episode one isn't as great as episode twenty, but we were getting our footing. But at least like the content and, like, the ways that we approach the show were still the same. Like, we just always wanted to get better with yeah. each episode.
5: And like, you're never going to have it nailed down from Jump. Like, you're going to need those 20 episodes to really figure out, okay, this isn't working. This isn't being responded to. People don't like this. We don't like this. So, What's yeah. one thing
0: like that, like, that you've maybe changed or tweaked along the way? Like
6: Probably, like, the actual – we have a segment called The Fix where we – try to either offer our opinions on something that's going on nationally or within Phoenix, like maybe like a larger story. Like right now, if we were gonna put out an episode today, we would probably talk about Red for Ed mm-hmm. and like what would be our fix, basically giving our opinions on like how we can lend something to either improve the situation or how it can be changed positively or what's wrong with it. Just mm-hmm. kind of like that's putting true. our opinions out there regarding the situation. Um, and I think that that has changed. Like that segment of our show has changed because in the beginning it was like, how can we get rid of Donald Trump? And then like now we're just like, we want to talk about this thing we saw Solutions, that was cool. Solutions kind of yeah, like, like it exactly. just Taking kind of started to be like um, more informational. Like mm-hmm. where we were just kind of like discussing things and not so much trying to be like Captain Planet or whatever. You know <laughs> to like yeah. save some. We can't save people, but mm-hmm. sometimes it was more like let's just put the info out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has changed a bit. And even like just focusing more on Phoenix and not so much like the larger Mm -hmm. United States or the global things that are going on, because we do care a lot about what's going on in Phoenix. And it's important to have that represented and have that voice out there, because it's popping out here right now. I mean, it's not New York City, but it's,
0: mm-hmm.
5: it's pretty cool.
0: Do you know your listeners by chance? Like, if they're from Phoenix or where they're from?
5: Or- yeah. So, I mean, from very, very, like, basic analytics that we get um, from our, like, podcast hosting. But there's a lot of people in Phoenix. And then we definitely get East and West Coast. And I think that's just from our mutual friends who are listening to us that kind of live all over the place. Um, but, yeah, that it's largely Phoenix. And we... Um, hmm. We're noticing here and there that people are starting to notice us, restaurants and businesses. Cool. Um, when we do talk about them, they have an ear to the ground because their marketing person is doing their job. And so they know that when there's someone's talking about them and so they're reaching out to us here and there. Um, I know we had um, the Hilton work with us a little bit to kind of figure out what we liked about their their mm-hmm. product and you know what they could improve on based on our point of view as millennials. So it was pretty cool. So what was Um, the goal
0: in that? And like talking to the, to the Hilton and that sort of thing. I mean, obviously it sounds like maybe to get more listeners maybe, but like what's kind of your goal in that, on that avenue?
5: For us, it's wanting, at least for me, it's wanting to be heard and um, listening to what we like and what we think is lame and what we would pay for and what we wouldn't pay for and hoping that they would listen to us and take that into consideration. Um, I think that we have a unique perspective as people of color. And if they are not hosting events that are going to attract people like us, they need to know about that. Um, if they're not treating people respectfully, regardless of race, that's something else that we talk about too. But our goal is um, to at least highlight the people that are doing a really good job, and they do a really good job. And so for us, it's getting viewership and getting you know eyes on us, but it's also trying to improve the places that we go to.
0: Do you include that and in, like for like restaurant like like if you're going to talk about a restaurant oh, yeah. or. So walk me through that, how that works too, because I'm curious about that.
5: How would we talk about a restaurant?
0: Well, I mean, you're obviously giving your opinions, you know, <laughs> but like, how do you bring the the actual restaurant into it?
5: Okay, so we can talk about Hash Kitchen. <laughs> I don't know if you guys listened to that episode, <laughs> I but did not. Yeah, okay, don't wow. worry. Um, high level. <laughs> we went to Hash Kitchen in Scottsdale um, before a day of partying at Talking Stick. We went with a group of all of our friends. I was the only non-black person in the group. And the hostess there was extra, to say the least. She was out of line, out of pocket. Calling all of our friends LeBron, pulling any black person that came in to come talk to our table. All of this stuff, calling herself Beyonce and this, that, and the other. And it was ridiculous. And so we talked about it. We said the food is really good. The service was fine. The place was whatever. But this is what happened. But this lady
6: was dead wrong that's what we said i mean basically because our experience there was great but she was out
5: of line yeah it was pretty ridiculous and there was a lot of people there to, yeah, I mean, it was a Saturday
6: morning, you know, brunch culture here is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It was popping in there, and she was acting like we were the only people there. Yeah. So we were
5: kind of like, yo, lady. Like a special occasion. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we brought it up on the podcast, and we said exactly what we said here. And we tagged them and said, hey, this is our experience. This is where we went. Take a listen. And they reached out to us immediately and made it right. So that's uh-huh. what they were supposed to do. And we're not trying to go out and call people out every time we go somewhere. Yeah, this isn't an episode. No, your, that, was, like... that was ridiculous. We have never had an experience like that anywhere else in the bunch of places we've been to. But that was, that's a big example of, how, of what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, that actually dovetails nicely into my next question about uh, being women of color. That's kind of a big part of your podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. That was by design, I imagine, or no? Yes. Okay why did you decide to, to go that route?
6: It's because it's our reality. It's a part of our daily lives. Like I can't take off being a woman of color at the end of the day. You know, it's not a, a jacket or a hat I put on. This is who I am every day. My experiences are defined by the fact that you can look at me and I'm black. You can not, there's no, yeah. there's no ambiguity about that. It's there always. And so it's a part of my experience. And so everything that I experience is through that lens. And I just think in Phoenix, because it is so white, like Sam kind of said, you know, or it's getting better, but a lot of it is very, very white. So we just wanted to talk about things that weren't white or -hmm. from a non-white perspective, because clearly there's people out here that are experiencing those things as well and living with those lenses. And it's okay to say, hey, we're over here too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that, we can't all be here together. We can't be cool, but you just kind of bring something different to the table, which is important because diversity and all of that is, it's, it has to be, it has to exist. It just has to.
5: And I think that the Latino community is like really just kind of pigeonholed into this like Spanish only media outlet, either like on TV or newspapers. There's no one in English talking about the Latino community. There's no one with privilege talking about them here and we're, that's the largest population of people here. And so they deserve a space too. And just like Erica said, I'm lucky that I can pass off myself in a lot of different ways, but I'm a woman too, and I'm getting paid less and people aren't listening to me. And so that's, that's the whole point of who we are. And there's no way we could do anything without that.
0: Mm. So. And it's unique in the sense that um, in terms of a podcast, I guess, because mm-hmm. that's, you don't hear that as often just normally, but in terms, even in Phoenix, like it's even less common. So mm-hmm. it's a voice or it's two voices out there that, that aren't being heard kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's, that's another thing that really kind of like separates you guys from any of the other podcasters out there. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you took a little break, right? You, mm-hmm. you took a little break. And so like, when do you, when do you think your next episode will be?
6: Soon.
5: Yeah, we're hoping in the next couple of weeks. It's not soon like in the next two months. It's like in the next couple of weeks.
0: Good, because we want to promote you. So um, let us know when you have one coming up, that sort of thing. Um, Is there anything that you'd like to add, whether it's about your podcast or anything at all?
5: Um, I mean, I just kind of want to shout out to everybody that's been listening to us and especially the underrepresented communities out there. There is a place for you here. Phoenix is really cool. We want you guys out there. We want you to show up at every hash kitchen and have some brunch so that you can change the dynamic and change the minds. So um, we're really excited and we want you guys to talk to us and I don't know, we're here for you. We'll do whatever.
6: Yeah, let us know, you know, what you want to hear or email us. Like we always say, hit us up at the fix Pod. But like, let us know because we're we think that we're pretty legit and we pay attention to the shit that's going on out here but we don't know everything and we're always kind of tagging each other and stuff and people are reaching out to us and saying hey have you been here what about this what about that so like keep us in the loop so that we can keep other people on the loop if you know about like new restaurants or like new spaces that you feel are for you know black folks or for latinos you know just like you know speak about those things so that we can amplify those voices
0: Mm -hmm. Cool. Well yeah. thanks guys for being on the show. Yeah,
4: thank we'll, you, for you
3: for having, having us.
0: us. Tony, thanks for being on the show.
3: Phil, thanks for having me.
0: So um Starving Artist is your podcast. Yep. Starving Artist Phoenix. And and you know the name sounds obvious, but 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 let people know a little bit about what you do.
3: Yeah. Uh, so I know it's actually a little bit too obvious of a name sometimes, um, but I, I basically try to interview artists of all levels, you know, all steps of their creative journey. And these are local artists. Fields, yeah, of everything around the Phoenix Valley area, um, just to kind of talk a little bit about uh, what inspired them and what usually the theme ends up going for is uh, how they find ways to kind of express themselves, how they find ways to find those outlets, usually creating it themselves in the Phoenix Valley. And it's
0: not just performers; it can be any level, any any kind of artist, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I've talked
3: to visual artists, I've talked to ceramic artists, and um, musicians, uh, people related to the industry. I've talked to you know event promoters and uh, managers, things like whoever I can find who's trying to carve out a path that you know makes creativity happen here. Basically,
0: is there a process in, in how you um, find guests for your show, or I mean, is it just? Random, but
3: much like uh, mini pyramid schemes, I start off with my friends and family, and I branch out from there, uh, seeing who I can find. Uh, yeah, I, I just kind of. Start well, you've had fifty-two
0: people. episodes yeah. so far, and so you're obviously way past your family at this point, right? Right. Yeah.
3: Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. and At this point, they couldn't make it on. Uh, <laughs> but I, no, I. I yeah. I, I do still have people that I know that I, I like to lean towards um, when I can, but um, I, I try to kind of branch out of my comfort zone. A few times, I've just gone on, you know, Facebook groups. I've searched for. I hadn't I realized I hadn't spoken with anybody in the fashion uh, industry at a certain point. And so I just searched for fashion industry groups, like on the internet and found a, a company that was local and went and chatted with them. And it was a really good time. Cool.
0: So like, what's the so who was your last guest? And who's your next guest?
3: Um, My very last guest was uh, Shirdes Leona. Uh, She is actually somebody who reached out to me. She is a poet and uh, artist and um, kind of mixed media artist who came here from Florida recently. uh, Who, yeah, has been trying to kind of work with local companies and stuff as well. It's really, really cool people. Cool. And do you have, uh, are you planning on a, a feature? The next guess? one lined up is uh, Allison Yoder from Newbox Dance Company. Um, they work out of the Mesa Arts Center, uh, kind of a small nonprofit company. A lot of what they do is similar to kind of what I, I do in that they're trying to give other people opportunities. They do lots of work in progress shows for other people. They basically lend out the venue that they have to uh, artists who are kind of working on shows so they can get some feedback and, and have a space to practice.
0: And so you've, 52 uh, episodes translates into how long? A year, a couple years?
3: Uh, Yeah, it's been just over a year. I I started on a weekly basis for the first 50. And just recently, just because with other projects I have going on, I started my own theater company and stuff as well recently. And so I had to go back to what I guess we decided was uh, (laughs) semi-monthly. Yeah, go from now on for a little while.
0: And you said, okay, so I have to ask you about the theater uh, company that you just started, because that's new since last I talked to you.
3: Yeah, that's something recent that we just started this year. Um, we've been doing, again, out of the Mesa Arts Center, uh, kind of monthly workshops and, and performances that, that we've just been kind of trying to do a lot of community outreach type of stuff. We do some improv shows, we do writing workshops. We did, Is that you and who else? Uh, myself, my wife, and a few of our friends from the, just the artistic community. And, and yeah. what's the name of the... Laughing Pig Theater. Laughing Pig. Yeah. Awesome. So we repeat small deal. Yeah, we just go out of the studio theater at the uh, the Mesa Arts Center, but it's it's a lot of fun to do that.
0: I seem to remember I, I, my, the last time we talked might have been a year, not that quite long, but but I yeah, I seem to remember so. you itching to do something like that.
3: Yeah, you know, that's that's I mean, that was the genesis of the podcast. Really was. uh understanding that i and you know, myself am you know somebody who's married and has you know commitments and responsibilities and works day job and i can't uh, always go out and just do the creative thing i want so this was a way for me to speak with other people who are trying to find their, that for themselves i know it's it's not always easy to reconcile a paycheck and you know a creative outlet and so a lot of the focus of my show like i said before is people creating opportunities for themselves that's what this podcast was that's what the theater is is just finding ways to okay I know I can't just go out on stage. I can't audition for uh, Phoenix Theater or Southwest Shakespeare and go do one of their shows. So what can I do?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the age of DIY, you know? Yeah. Do it yourself. Um, A lot of the podcasters that I've talked to generally record at their home Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. They don't necessarily want to lug around equipment, um, but you you do it a little differently. You you kind of go to the artist generally, right?
3: Yes, yes. Uh, embracing the spirit of DIY, I have uh, I, I just got a used uh, handheld recorder. I started off uh, with a microphone attached to my laptop that I would speak with people, but I just I tried to go even smaller, and now I, I just kind of go to a coffee shop. Normally, I go to Urban Beans a lot. That's one of my favorite spots. and meet a lot of people there. Uh, just kind of wherever is is uh, convenient for the artist that I'm speaking with. And yeah, we'll just get a cup of coffee and we'll talk just into the handheld. And I record on Audacity, you know, free software. I am fully aware that that affects the, the quality of the show. Um, I hope listeners forgive me and get the idea <laughs> of, of what I'm going for with it. I, I feel like I started off... Uh, really leaning too much into the kind of the whole abstract like DIY feeling. Uh, like I didn't have intros. I didn't really have theme music or anything. I, I didn't have any kind of set things. I kind of just jumped into the conversations for the first few. Um, and then as I started getting feedback from like my wife and my, my brother and some kind of like people who were uh, starting to listen to the first few, I, I kind of added more of those traditional elements to it, but the DIY one is the, the kind of mobile well, podcasting. Why, is did, what why I really did you mean, fight so. that initially? Um, well, just, I, I, I wanted it, uh, in my head, it's so pretentious to speak about, but <laughs> I just wanted it to be raw, right, Bill, right. you know, I just wanted it to be converse, just two people talking over coffee. And that was Real. really, yeah, yeah. Just, I, that the was what I wanted fist. to capture. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wanted to capture just, uh, you know, two people talking at a coffee shop. Cause I, you know, I had a lot of conversations like that with my artsy friends of different types or just kind of learning about what they're doing recently. And I was, I thought that's what people would want to hear. Uh, so, so that's what I was trying to go for with it. And then I kind of realized I could still maintain that feel, but also, you know, edit for quality and, and, you know, cut down the overall time. First couple were over an hour long in length, but I realized that, okay, I can be a little too precious. Let's go. Yeah.
0: Do you t- tend to try and want to keep it around an hour or under an hour? Um, I've been going more sort
3: of for like 30 to 40 minutes that's recently. Good. I've yeah. been, yeah, I, I'm realizing that it's not always just about talking about every single thing.
0: Right, right. No, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah. we've talked to the other guests about, um about attention spans and that sort of thing. And you know? yeah, we really, exactly. we want people to be engaged, you know? Um, and I feel like maybe, st- unless that's a very, very specific niche audience that you're talking about or whatever, but, but I feel like once you get 30, 30 minutes, it starts to trail it's off. To maybe while, you
3: know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's something I had to realize is, uh, uh, I had to remember that I did have an audience, and it wasn't just me speaking with the person. Uh, you know, you uh, you do have to, at a certain point, and be entertaining people. So that's how I kind of added in like a theme song that my my brother wrote, and that uh, I added intros introducing the people ahead of time. You know, so they could understand who that, what was going on, and really trying to kind of cut down on things um because yeah i i I sometimes forget that other people listen to it i kind of assume that they don't sometimes right no i totally get that i totally
0: get that because it's hard to know it's really hard to know you
3: know sure and it is a niche audience you know going into this i i was told by a few people are you sure you just want to do arts in the valley like isn't that kind of for one thing been done you know obviously i'm one of what three or four people who do these kind of interview podcasts in the valley but for another thing it's already kind of a niche thing so you're fighting. A lot of different uh competition with that but i i think that it's fine i, I think that the people who will listen to it are uh, people who maybe know uh, the artist or are looking to learn a little bit something about an artist that they hadn't heard of before and those people will find it either way
0: and the artist oh. mate will share hopefully with
3: yeah. I think it's kinda of helped each other out. I I've marketed people to people I know that they hadn't heard of before, and on the other hand, people have those people I've kind of spread my podcast to people. So it's kind of a win win.
0: You've talked a little bit about like kind of what you've learned um hmm. in terms of the sound and all that stuff, but um what have you gained from either doing the process the process of podcasting or talking to creatives or you know, like what have you gained from after a year of doing it or whatever?
3: Yeah, no, I I have really had a greater appreciation for uh how how you can make a scene somewhere anywhere that you are really uh just the idea that uh, a lot of people that i talk to um they they are well aware that they are kind of trying to be big fish in a small pond they know that there's limitations to um, what they can do in phoenix as far as their career goes but just the fact that they they want to kind of contribute back to the community. Everyone I've talked to has been like, just about building up the Phoenix community and helping each other out, and and just kind of, yeah, you you make you make something of what you have uh, in in this area, and I, I just love that that neighborhood feeling that we're kind of lending to every artistic field that we have. The comedy scene. I've talked a lot uh, to comedians on the podcast, and a lot of the comedians I speak with, they know everybody. They're going to the same open mics. They're they're, but at the same time, they're creating new events for each other because they're like, oh, I know if I did this, I have this person, this person, this person who would do it and it would be great and it's so it's kind of just become the safe space for us all to explore within understood finite limitations
0: it's interesting the comedy scene here in the valley has really really grown in the last 10 years i mean i remember there was like one Tempe improv or whatever like 10 15 20 years ago i feel like um but now there's so many comedians out there that you can actually really do comedy almost every, seven yeah, Lights you you really can.
3: There, there's a mic every night of the week. Um, and yeah, there's set shows probably at least three or four nights a week um, yeah. that you can go see uh, just everywhere around there. And with that comes a whole new uh, wave of podcasts and stuff as well. Like yeah, I'm learning more and more recently too about all the different comedians podcasts that have been created. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really, really quality stuff out there. It's some yeah. genuinely entertaining things going on. Yeah,
0: especially if you get a couple um, comedians that, like, have really good chemistry together, you know? And
3: Absolutely. And, like... Yeah, um, thank you for being a podcast, which was Genevieve Rice. Yes, and I've been on that, Simido. actually. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. haven't seen that one.
0: I forget what happened. Well, there's so many of them, you but know? Yeah, they
3: just finished up. Yeah, they just oh hit the God. end of the series. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we've had Genevieve Rice on the show, uh-huh. and she, um, um, thank you for being a podcast, which basically they review, or they kind of review. Like, summarize
3: movie, and review, yeah, Every Golden
0: episode <laughs> of Golden Girls. Yeah, it's great. I'm like when they told me like I think mm-hmm. I was on like season two or three maybe mm-hmm. when they told me they're gonna go through like all eight seasons or seven seasons or whatever it is yeah I was like <laughs> what that's well, crazy yeah. and now you said they just finished up or something right
3: yeah they just they just wrapped up a month or two ago they ran out of episodes uh, and <laughs> and that made
0: it all the more difficult because um, her partner um, Anthony DiSanto yeah. lives in L.A. you know right so that makes seem- me so kudos to you guys for. Uh, <laughs> finishing that
3: yeah Not just them too there's uh please send nudes with mike ender and charles Engels. that's okay. just kind of a conversation one um Meat sweats is another comedy conversation one uh yeah ghost boys you, you can th- find i actually tried to compile a list recently i was just going i sent that out into the the internet sphere and and just ask people you know what are the podcasts that you your friends do and everything and just kind of putting together a huge document there's like 20 or something out there just their local phoenix yeah. podcasts
0: did you grow up here in Arizona?
3: I grew up in southern Arizona, Sierra okay. Vista. Uh, yeah, south of And then how somewhere. long have
0: you lived in Phoenix for?
3: Uh, just about two and a half years. Okay. I, I graduated from NAU in Flagstaff and came down here shortly after.
0: But you've been to Phoenix before then, I imagine. Because just part of the th- reason that Chris and I wanted to start this podcast was to shine a light on the really good things in Phoenix that like people complain about Phoenix, you mm-hmm. know, and they have no right to because there's a lot of really great opportunities here. How do you see... From your experience of Phoenix, how do you see the opportunities that people have creatively, or not even like growing? You know.
3: Well, for me, for being such a small town kid, it's kind of kind of like the the chocolate factory for me. Like coming in the doors and seeing like downtown Phoenix. I I didn't know when I first got here what Stinkweeds was. I didn't know um what Space Fifty Five was. Like out of all these these places, the Torch, Second Beat, uh, that that are available to you, and for me, it's like coming from nothing at all, no opportunities. Even in Flagstaff, there's the college and there's one community theater and that's it. Um, and a couple bars that that have uh, live music. And it's just, uh, it's it's small for other people, I guess, who are looking to kind of make it, really make it big. For, for me, um, somebody who really just enjoys going to like neighborhood stuff, I, I love it. I think it's it's always kind of thrilling to see.
0: Oh, well, take that and, mm-hmm. and kind of overlay it to your podcast. Because um, yeah. you, like, really there's no um the well is deep for guests right so how does that how does the the opportunities in in the valley mm-hmm serve your podcast
3: yeah just well I, anytime i see something big coming up i try to see if i can finagle some angle from it some person who's associated with it um to that's how i ended, ended up interviewing shouldn't be the first time was because i heard about bird city i think right. and i'm getting connected through there um but yeah i i want it to be something that can and eventually be promotional for you know for people um at a, at a higher level where we can kind of help each other out in that way uh and i yeah just just learning about all these new opportunities you know that, that people have i spoke with a, a painter um who i didn't realize it was a part of an arts collective downtown that like had just opened up a gallery and it was kind of a really cool thing to go, with, to go and see that um daniel friedman is a photographer and painter uh and so uh, it's kind of led me to all these new avenues that i'd never really heard of just talking to the people who are doing them yeah
0: i've uh, i've asked this question to mm-hmm. the other podcasters yeah and like um what do you hope people will get out of your podcast just
3: the the last question that i ask everybody on the podcast is just what's a piece of advice that you would give someone who's looking to go down your road uh and every 25 episodes or so i've been just compiling compiling the answers into kind of their own kind of little bonus i go back and i'll just cut together the answers to all of them for for a podcast now you do that um audio yeah so the the 26th i think and like the the 50th or 49th episode was um, somebody just going back and yeah, like cutting together all the answers from the first people just so people could hear what everybody was saying all at once. I thought it'd be kind of a fun thing. That is and, cool, yeah. and going back and listening to those, the running theme, almost everybody says some variation of just do it. Um, just, yeah, that, I mean, it's the simplest thing in the world. Everyone thinks it like, of course I should just do it. But kind of going back and listening to 25 people in a row tell you to just do it is something kind of thrilling it's about it. Pretty that. powerful, yeah. Yeah, and just the the idea that you can just make something on your own. So I think that's what I want to pass along to any any listeners. I think a lot of people who are listening to it are probably Already fairly into the art scene in some way or another, they they're kind of peripherally doing a, a job in it, or they or they've got a secret project. Yeah, something in their mind project. they want to yeah, do. That they, even if you're already like a veteran of the the field that you're in, you probably have something kicking in the back of your head that's like, mm, maybe later, maybe when I'm a little more established. And so I think just passing that along, it's like there's really no reason you can't. The stakes are so much lower than you think of doing anything like that. Uh, just why not try? We I just started a theater company out of out of a one room that I. I teach out of at the Mesa Arts Center like why would I do that (laughs) why why in the world did somebody do that? that's not a profitable thing at all Uh, but it's it's so fantastic to like do a monthly workshop and
0: well I love it uh, yeah yeah. because I don't like I said like it might have been a year ago since we last talked and and, and then you
3: started a theater company boom exactly and and talk about I mean podcasts talk about an oversaturated market that has not necessarily a means of gain coming back to you at all uh, but yeah, just if you ha- if you want to talk to some people, just go do it, and just uh, there's there's really no reason not to. The worst that could happen is that it doesn't work, uh, and and if it doesn't work, then you just do it again a different way, and then there's you know who cares? You're gonna you're gonna spend money on it. What else are you gonna spend your money on? Your bills, you can pay those. You'll right. figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. No, I,
0: I uh, <laughs> um, one of my acting teachers would always yeah. say, you know, firefighters risk their lives, like. Yeah. You know, performers don't res- like if you are creative being yeah. creative, you're not going to die doing it, you know, yeah. in fact, you're going to live, <laughs> you know, and so why would you be afraid of trying a podcast or well try painting? I've always wanted to paint or dance or whatever, you know, now is a good time to do it, you know?
3: Exactly. And what, what are you worried about? You're going to look bad. I mean, right. you were just in the production of Macbeth where the, the concept was that you are all clowns who are trying to kill each other with pies in the face or something like that. Who cares if you're going to look bad? Everything is kind of silly to the wrong person. Or it could be <laughs> entertaining to do, though. Just think about the doing it. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's perfect.
0: Uh, is no. there anything that you'd like people to know about you or or um, um, starving artists or anything like that?
3: You know, even if you don't have time to commit to another podcast, even if you're not somebody who is really a big podcast listener or anything like that, um, just go back through the episodes, look at the descriptions, uh, look at the artists. That's why I'm doing it. That's, you know, so you can get exposed to new people like that. Just go back through and, and find somebody that you've never heard of before. And even if you just... Speed back to the the last 10 minutes of the episode. Listen to what they're doing next and listen to how you can reach them. Because... There's just such an untapped pool of talent in so many different fields here. People who are just getting started who really do need your support and encouragement. Uh, musicians and artists and uh, theater practitioners and improvisers and comedians. And just go back and, and find someone that you don't mind liking on Facebook and, and liking on Instagram. Artists who are just starting off in this new, <laughs> this new era, they do notice that and they do appreciate it. And it takes two seconds of your time and you never have to think about it again. So find someone to help out. That's great.
0: That's great. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Phil. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our podcast episode. Now that you've gotten to know the podcasters, give them a full listen. They can be found in many different places, but all are available on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to reach us, we can be found at onthegridphx.com or email us at onthegridphx at gmail.com. On the Grid is produced by Chris Ayers. Intro music was performed by local band Factories. They can be reached at factoriesmusic.com. And by the way, sticking with our theme of local, we feature local musical artists on each episode of our podcast. This week, we're featuring a song called Nobody Can Suffer Like I Can from Fairy Bones. They will be playing May 4th at Shady Park and May 24th at Yucca Tap Room, both in Tempe. And thank you guys so much for listening to our 23rd episode of On the Grid.
4: You can cut me out, I feel no pain. Wouldn't you say I'm all alone? Something more than you do.